Hello, and welcome to the Bone and Joint Playbook with Dr. John Erse, tips for pain-free aging. On today's episode, Dr. Erse talks with Dr. Brian Ciccarelli, host of Doctors Unmasked, on topics of stem cell and PRP injections, and how they are changing the face of today's orthopedics. If you would like to learn more of stem cell and PRP treatments, please check out drjohnerse.com. Hey, John, thanks for uh, allowing us to come in and talk about this topic today of orthobiologics and regenerative medicine. Looking forward to hearing all the information you can give us. Well, great. I know you're an expert in the area, so I'm looking forward to talking to you about it. Yeah, pull up a chair. Let's have a seat. So, John, you had mentioned the stem cells being a treatment option for arthritis. And first of all, can you tell me what arthritis is? I think there's a lot of uh, misconception about exactly what arthritis is. That'd be a good starting point. Well, arthritis is, is, comes from various forms. There's some that is a wear and tear form called degenerative or osteoarthritis. Some people get arthritis from rheumatologic problems, gout, or other what are called inflammatory conditions. But either way, the cushioning effect of the cartilage, which is the gristle at the end of a chicken bone, we all have seen that white cartilage, that's what causes a spacing and a cushioning to let our joints move and move freely without pain. As we lose that cushioning or softening, you may have heard the word chondromalacia, which is a word for softened cartilage. And that softening, as it progresses, causes the bones to rub on each other. So in a picture of a hip, of a knee here with a um, a space between the bones, the cartilage is good in a normal knee. As a weight-bearing x-ray shows, bone-on-bone bone occurs when cartilage wears down and then the bones rub together, much like a, a, a missing brake shoe pad on a car. It just hurts. So the bone rubbing on the bone is what gives the patient the pain they have. Yeah, because bones have nerve endings. That's why if you've ever broken a bone, it hurts because those edges of the bone are now rubbing against the other bone in the knee. So what I'm hearing then, John, is if you're saying the stem cells actually have the ability to regenerate cartilage, if you inject a stem cell in an arthritic knee, you would actually see that space again? Well, not right away, and that's a good question, Brian. Uh, there have been some studies, and um, some of them were pretty well thought out. They looked at an MRI of a patient's knee before they had any stem cell injections. Then they repeated those studies at three, six, and 12 months looking for cartilage growth after stem cells. You don't see much for that first six months, but at 12 months, almost everybody had thicker cartilage or cartilage growth, and they confirmed it with either the MRI or what's called a second look scope, where they actually look in the knee with a light. So we're getting two things happening with stem cells. The first is the most important thing. Those are the pain and anti-inflammatory factors that turn off the pain generators in the joint. Mm. Those occur pretty quickly, and that's what makes people feel better sooner. But if your question is, when is my x-ray gonna go back to this? The answer is, it may never. But if it helps with cartilage growth over time, it should help with the cushioning of the knee. It may help with the appearance of uh, the x-ray over time. But that's not a very quick fix in the sure. regrowth department. But some gristle or cartilage is better than bone on bone, obviously. It is. But we have people who are pretty happy early and we know their cartilage hasn't regrown, sure. according to studies, so sure. we think it's the 
what are called the anti-inflammatory effects of the growth factors that are in the stem cells. And there's quite a bit more in those than the other thing we talked about with the platelets. Okay, so when you talk about stem cells, John, and you had mentioned there are different types of stem cells, um, where, where exactly would you get the stem cells from as an orthopedist that was going to do an injection to treat somebody with that problem? Well, I recommend a bone marrow aspiration, which means we draw the um, stem cells from the back of the pelvis. There's a, uh, an area there that's easily accessible. Um, and we draw the stem cells out of the bone marrow. We put them in a spinning device called a centrifuge, which concentrates them into a high concentration, but also removes part of the blood that we don't want to put in the knee that could irritate the knee. So we remove the red and white blood cells, but we want some of the platelets in the stem cells that are going to be put in the knee, and that's what gets injected with a stem cell injection in the joint. Can you tell me how we do this exactly? Uh, sure, Brian. Um, first of all, you know we're going to call you in a, a, a medication that's a, a medicine to relax you. You're going to take that about an hour before you come and have someone drive you in. When you come back into the office, we're going to have you lay down on a on a table like this, like this. Yeah. Just and lay then down. I'm going to what so. I'm going to do is I'm going to come in with some uh, my X-ray, my ultrasound machine, and I'm going to numb up an area on the back of the pelvis with some Novocaine, just like you'd get at the lip, your lip at the dentist. And what that'll do is numb up that area where I'm going to draw the stem cells. I see. We then you'll feel some pressure back there when we draw the blood. That area is then um, just covered with a Band-Aid. And you just lay there for about 15 minutes and I go, Brian, are you comfortable? If you are, the spinner device takes 15 minutes to concentrate your blood. Then I say, Brian, once you sit up and we're gonna get our ultrasound and we're gonna take the stem cells and put it in the knee. We numb up that little area of the knee for you, put the stem cells in and you're ready to go. So it takes about an hour in the office and then whoever's here to drive you home has a couple things for you, a couple mild pain medicines if you need them. We tell you to ice it and go home and turn on a ball game. And, and that's it. Stem cells sound like they are, um, they're the beginning of cells that can differentiate into different cells as necessary for repair. Is that? Pretty accurate? That's a good it's a good statement because they really are they're kind of like soldiers. They could be sentries, they could be administrators, they could be this or that. So again, where they have to go, they're waiting to see what they need to do. They can be muscle or fat, or they can be bone, or they can be cartilage. And it depends what the body asks them to do. They not only go to the area where we have placed them, they recruit other cells to come and help them. So they're kind of like construction foremen who don't do all the lifting themselves. They're actually recruiting other cells to your knee or hip or shoulder, wherever we put them. And that if we were to tag the cells with special tracers that we take out of your back and put in your knee, the ones later that help grow the cartilage may not even be those same cells. They're bringing other cells to the area. And that's, that's a pretty cool thing they can do. So stem cells though, John, are different than when you talk about PRP or platelet-rich plasma, correct? That's two different topics, and it's really? An, yes, and it's important for patients to know that because if they say, oh, I just went over and had a stem cell injection from my arm, there's no stem cells in your blood in your arm, okay? Platelets are part of blood. They help with clotting. 
and they are useful for mild conditions of arthritis or for the things we talked about with tennis elbow, some of the kneecap arthritis problems, some of the things where you may have a tendonitis of your ankle or different areas of the, the hip muscles called the glute tendons. We put platelet injections in those. But the stem cells are only in certain places. They're in fat, they're in bone marrow, and there are some fetal or what are called embryonic sources that come from other places like a placenta of a C-section delivery, but that's gonna be from another person and those cells aren't really activated or live, but they are fetal cells. So I think the, the patients and the consumer needs to know where they're coming from and what they are and be sure they're getting what they think they're getting. So let's focus on PRP for a second then. So PRP or platelet-rich plasma is also used to treat conditions that are orthopedically related, correct? I remember uh, a football player uh, tearing an Achilles or having an Achilles strain and reading where he went into his doctor and got a PRP injection. Was that done to accelerate healing? It was. It was done to do two things, cut down inflammation and pain, but also improve healing and recruit what are called growth factors. And platelets have a tremendous amount of growth factors, over 1,200 different types. Some are in the vessels, some are in the different cells, but those various growth factors help with healing, speed recovery. Um, we even see open heart surgery patients who get their breastbone closed after heart surgery have a PRP injection placed along the incision line of the bone to help it heal faster and reduce that pain. So when they put it in the Achilles tendon, or if we put it in a, a Tommy John ligament of the elbow, or a muscle tear of the hip or knee, those are meant to decrease pain and improve function. Now, it's important to make sure it's not a complete tear where it's detached, because nothing is gonna repair something that's completely detached. So we're talking about where um, inflammation or partial tearing or fraying is occurring, or a ligament has been partially stretched, and those ligaments and tendons are some of the other applications of the platelets and orthobiologics that we use that aren't related to dyst arthritis. You had mentioned that you do the stem cells from the bone marrow. And you also kind of alluded to the fact that you get the PRP from, from drawing blood, is that correct? That's correct. So would I do that? Like if you saw me today and said, uh, Brian, you have a um, arthritic knee and you saw my x-ray, would I then go right back and you do a bone marrow aspirate that day and inject it? Or how, how does that work? How does the typical visit work when you give me that option? Well, if, you, if you're seeing me for the first time, we do an initial evaluation. I examine your knee, I look at your films. If you have them and they've already been taken, you can just bring those with you. I prefer the actual discs or the MRIs if you have those. And after I talk to you, then I say, Ryan, this is what I think you can do. And I review that your knee may have bone on bone and a knee replacement is an option. But there are safer options or less invasive or options that would delay having a joint replacement. So I would recommend a stem cell injection with some platelets because there's additional benefits of those anti-inflammatory proteins in the blood that we can get combined with the stem cell. So John, now comes the segment where I'm the patient. I get to take off my mask as a physician and become the patient in your office. 
So I'd like you to just try to keep your answers as simple as you would. Try to keep them as if I were a patient asking you these questions so that they gain a better understanding of what you want to, uh, what information you want to get across. So you had just recommended to me that I get a stem cell injection in my knee. Can you show me on my knee where you would do that injection? Uh, sure, Brian. Um, I would have you lay back. We would uh, do it right on the outside part of the knee using an ultrasound to guide it into the joint. And then that's simply an injection of the stem cells that go into the knee joint, which is a, a capsule which holds all of it in that area. So am I awake for this part of the injection? You are. You've uh, got a little area of the skin is numbed up with Novocaine, and that part numbs it up where the needle stick goes. And after that, it's like a, an injection you may have gotten with cortisone or a gel shot in the past. Okay, so will I be able to walk out on my own? You will. You'll have a little more fluid in the knee. There'll be about four or five cc's of fluid, so that fullness in there can make the knee feel a little tight and you may limp a little. You have the option of bringing a walking stick or a crutch, but um, most people walk out. Will I be able to drive home if I came myself? I usually don't recommend that because if we do a stem cell, I give you an Ativan relaxing medication ahead of time. So we prefer someone drives you here and takes you home. The whole procedure would be done in inside about an hour and the medicine hasn't really worn off at that point. Okay. So can I go back to work that day? I don't recommend that either. You've just, you've just had an Ativan, Brian. So um, I think the best thing is go home, take it easy. We tell people to um, not overdo it even the next day, not to be up more than about 30 minutes at a time that first day after doing stem cells. Okay, how about a PRP injection? Would you have the same restrictions on me if I got a PRP injection? Does Not at all. Those are simple injections of your platelets. Those go into the knee much like a cortisone shot. You do regular activities, you can drive. We don't give you a, a pre-medication for that. So normal activities that day and the next day. Okay, just so I understand, PRP, I can come in, get a shot, drive myself, go back to work. Stem cell injection, you're gonna give me some sort of light sedative by mouth. Uh, and you recommend I come in with somebody to take me home that day? That's correct. Okay. So John, you had mentioned cortisone a couple times in this brief conversation. So why would I get a stem cell or a PRP injection as opposed to a cortisone injection? Well, the cortisone is a fast-acting injection of an anti-inflammatory medication, a steroid. Um, so it's going to work quickly. It's going to get you down the aisle for your daughter's wedding next week. And it may wear off, though, in 6 to 12 weeks. So it's not very long-lasting, but it's fast-acting. Um, the gel injections, what are called viscous injections or visco supplements, which are not covered by all the insurances, but most of them right now, is about a six-month lubricant for the knee. It's not a medicine. It's more of a, a gel or a cushioning effect. The platelets will last twice as long as a gel shot. It lasts up to a year to a year and a half. Those are for mild forms of arthritis. And the stem cells are for more severe or advanced arthritis because the stem cells have a lot more anti-inflammatory potential, but also more importantly, cartilage regrowth potential. And those can last for many years, and those are done uh, for a longer lasting effect on a more advanced arthritic condition. So we've talked primarily about the knee. I'm here, you said I need it in my knee. 
But can I get PRP or stem cells in any joint that I have? You can. Uh, they don't fit too well in small joints of the hand. Uh, one of my partners is uh, doing a study on the base of the thumb joint. With platelets, you can only get about a drop or a cc or so in that small joint. Um, but the stem cells are being done in predominantly, for me, the hip, shoulder, and knee. Um, we are doing some ankles. Uh, there are people who do spine injections and some of the selective injections along the spine. Um, you may have heard Jack Nicholas went to Munich to get a stem cell injection in his back. So there are uh, places that do more selective sites like the spine. Uh, those are just emerging, I think, in some of the areas of the country now. You know, before I came in to see you, John, again, playing the role of a patient, uh, I read where stem cells come from embryos. Is that true? Is that the kind you use? Well, it's not the kind I use, but there's, there's three main sources for stem cells. Our own bone marrow, which is where I take it from, uh, our own fat, and fat or what's called adipose tissue, um, isn't currently approved by the FDA for joint injections because it's not where fat normally is. So the FDA wants you to put things that should be somewhere in a place that's similar. So you're not doing embryo on me? No, but the other source is that a fetal source called an embryo, there are stem cells in uh, the placenta and the amniotic tissue. The problem with that is it's somebody else's tissue. Tissue. It's also, those cells are not live. They are taken when someone has a C-section. Those cells are put in a syringe, they're packaged. Those injections are fetal cells, but if you look under a microscope, they're not living cells, and they're certainly not very active, but that is the source that they're from. So there are some stem cells in fetal tissue. I just don't choose to use those. And, and to my reading, before I came in, because I was anticipating that uh, I might get this recommendation to get a shot, uh, in my reading, there is a little bit more of FDA scrutiny over those embryonic stem cells than something you're going to take from my own hip, correct? Right. The uh, FDA says as long as we're taking a patient's own blood, putting it back in the patient without altering that, because we can't, we can't grow it in a, in a lab dish, we can't keep it overnight and duplicate or multiply those cells. As long as we're not changing what it is, we're simply taking away things that aren't good for your knee. Some of the white blood cells and red cells are harmful to your knees. So we don't want those in the, in the stem cell injection for the knee. So we separate those out with a special spinner device we'll talk about called a centrifuge. Okay. So we want to make sure we get the right things in the place we need to, but the FDA is fine if we're doing that with a patient's own blood. Okay. Now, I had told you also that I had lateral epicondylitis or tennis elbow, and you had mentioned that we might be able to do a shot for that. What kind of shot would you do for somebody with tennis elbow? Is it the same process? Um, it's a similar process, but it's easier because it only needs a PRP or a platelet injection. I see. There's two types of platelet injections, one with white blood cells where you want an inflammatory response to stir up healing. That's the kind we use on an elbow. In fact, the studies that um, are out about the treatment of tennis elbow show a, a single platelet injection using an ultrasound to put it in the right place works better than a cortisone shot or physical therapy for that problem for up to two years. Now, that doesn't mean if there's a torn little tendon there that it wouldn't need a surgery someday, which might fix it definitively, but if you're busy, you're working, hammering a house together, you may want to have a 
up to one to two year improvement in your symptoms with a simple PRP injection. And if I recall, you were saying that's where I would come in and you would get blood just like I were giving blood at a center and you would take my blood, spin it down in a centrifuge, come back with a small amount of the PRP and then just inject it again under local right here and I would leave. That's correct. That's just okay. a simple, more powerful injection because uh, platelets have about 1,200 anti-inflammatory proteins that help that pain and inflammation in the elbow. And that's, that's the stuff we want in the area of, of injury or, or pain or disease. So I just have a couple more questions, but some of these I think are really important because I, I just got a new insurance plan and I don't know whether or not they'll cover this type of injection. Is this a commonly covered injection? The P cortisone is typically covered by insurance? Cortisone is almost always covered. Okay. How, how about the PRP or stem cells? Um, it varies. Uh, most of them do not cover it completely, but there are some insurance carriers who are doing um, some of them as a way to delay a joint replacement surgery. Uh, some of our older patients who have heart conditions, we like to do those in a hospital setting where we monitor the heart. The anesthesia people give a sedative by vein, and then that bill is sent to the insurance from the hospital, and then the hospital kind of fights it out with the um, insurance company over who pays what and how much. Some of the carriers are coming around to paying quite a bit of that. I don't get a lot of complaints from my patients, so I think that is part of what I call the Wild West right now of biologics, where these uh, cell injections are being given, but there aren't codes for these yet, so the insurances don't know, the hospitals aren't sure. That's why I do probably three-fourths of my injections in the office here, where we know we don't involve the insurance or the hospital, and we know there's a set fee, the patient knows what it is going in, and if they choose to do it, we think we've got very reasonable pricing for it, which we give them if they're, if they're interested. So you had mentioned a total knee as an option. I have bad arthritis in my knee, and you said this may delay the need for me to have a total joint replacement, is that correct? Well, that's what I tell my patients. I think my job is to give you these options of what you can do for your problem. The injections, I go through those four things we just talked about, the cortisone, the gel, the platelets for mild problems, the stem cells for more severe problems. I tell them, you always have the option of replacing a joint. That's a hip, knee, or a shoulder. But these stem cells, that can grow cartilage and cut down inflammation can delay that for many years. Uh, our outcome studies in North America are in the four or five year category. We think it may be longer than that. We just don't have those numbers here because the technology is fairly recent in the North American market. Would, and one last question then, would, would you ever consider, consider doing this on a family member? Well, I have to say I've already done it on a family member. My wife's hip was, uh, well, still is pretty bad. She was uh, um, diagnosed with some hip issues years ago that were bad enough to need a hip replacement. Um, I was smart enough not to be the one who was going to do it, so I took her to a doctor who said, yep, that's what you need. And she said, no thanks, I don't want it right now. And um, I put stem cells in my wife's hip three years ago, actually over three years ago. She still hasn't had her hip replaced. She takes one or two anti-inflammatories a month if she overdoes it, but she's pretty happy. She has her own hip. She's delaying what she knows is gonna to have to be a hip replacement someday, but her thinking is the longer she delays it, whenever she decides to do it, maybe it's gonna last longer and not have to be redone it later in her life. So for her, it's worked out great. I'm living with it, so I know when things uh, work or don't work, and 
um, I think she's a, you know, a pretty good testimonial for what I've seen. Well, Dr. Hirsch, thank you. I think that uh, the questions that I asked are relevant. I think you answered them in, in, uh, in a manner that I can understand them. I appreciate you taking the time to explain all this to me, and uh, I look forward to reaching out and getting that shot. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the Bone and Joint Playbook with Dr. John Erse. Tips for pain-free aging. Please join us again for another episode. This has been a production of Doctors Unmasked, produced by Terry O'Brien.